This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Ahuhu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam tasneemin kathira amma ba'du. Finna khayr al-kalami kalamullahi wa khayr al-huda huda rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. Come to the next hadith. Actually, we'll do two hadith today because these two hadith, like last week, they explain one another and they should be grouped together. Inshallah. And the first hadith is a hadith of Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan رضوان الله عليهما. The Prophet says, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, la tazalu ta'ifatum min ummati qaimatum bi amrillahi, la yadurruhum man khadalahum, wala man khalafahum, hatta yatiya amrullahi, wahum zahirun ala nas." Hadith said that there will not cease to be a group of people from this ummah who will be victorious. Over the people, it won't hurt them. It won't harm them. Those people who try to make khudlan and they try to trick them, nor would it hurt or harm them. Those people who go against them, they have mukhalafa against them. They will remain in this condition until Allah Taala brings about His affair. This hadith of Muawiyah. May Allah be pleased with him. Is a hadith that is mutawatir, as Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, and other than him, rahmatullahi ala ulama al-Islam. So it's a hadith that has a lot of narrations coming to us from a number of the companions. So it's a hadith that's mutawatir, and as we mentioned so many times, whether the hadith is mutawatir or it's not, if it's ahad, we're going to take it. If it's in the Quran, we're going to take it. Obviously, if it's an authentic Sunnah, we're going to take it. And when the Hadith comes to us, as we mentioned, we don't play those games of the people of desires. وَمَا أَتَاكُمَ الرَّسُولُ فَخُضُوا وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Whatever the Prophet gives to you, take it. Whatever he prohibits you from, leave it alone. So his authentic Sunnah, whether it is mutawatir or whether it is ahad. We don't make any distinctions. Whether those hadith come in aqidah or they come in ahkam, we don't make any difference. If it's authentic, then we're going to take it. So this hadith is a hadith that the scholars of Islam they came up with some concepts like the hadith from last week. This hadith is the one that gives us this terminology: the furqatun najia, the save sect, the save group. Also from this hadith, scholars use the wording of these hadith that are mutawatir, the narrations, and they say that this hadith is the hadith of al-Taifa al-Mansura, the sect that is also victorious, because those are the words that the Prophet used, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, different words. لا تزال الطائفة من أمتي على الحق منصورة. لا يضرهم من خالفهم ولا من خذلهم. 
hatta yati amrullah wa hum ala dhalika so was a number of ahadith la tazalu ta'ifatun min ummati ala alhaq yuqatilun there will always be a group of people from my ummah who will be on the truth and they will wage in war based upon the truth so not everybody who fights everyone who is doing qital is actually fighting based upon the truth just as everyone who's given dawah is not giving dawah based upon the truth but the ta'if al-mansura the same group the same sect then they do these things based upon the truth few things to mention about the hadith very first thing is the actual wording of the hadith the verb la tazalu ta'ifa they will not cease to be a group of people this hadith is one of the many hadith that show us whether people like it or they don't like it the future is for al-islam and al-islam is never going to stop islam will never ever stop the internal enemy the external enemy will never be able to extinguish the light of al-islam this is one of the many adilla for that from the kitab and from the sunnah so anytime the muslims see problems around the globe at any given time during any era it is not permissible for the muslim to become faint hearted and to give up hope and to say that's it is over ne- never going to happen even if a group of people are being attacked over here and they're being oppressed over there over there even if it's the majority of the muslims still that's not an indication that Al-Islam is going to stop. This hadith shows al-istimrar, the continuation of the khair of this ummah. There are a number of ayat, not one, not two, not three, a number of ayat, a hadith that mention that. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an, threatening the believers, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, man yartadda minkum an deenihi fasawfi yati allahu bi qawmin yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbunahum. Oh, you believe, if any of you, if any of you apostate and you leave your religion, then Allah will just bring a group of people who He loves them and they love Him. They will be gentle and easy with the believers and they'll be rough and tough, serious course with the disbelievers who deserve that. So it's one of the ayat that go to clearly indicate Allah Ta'ala threatens the people of this ummah. You don't want to get with the program? You don't hurt anyone except yourself. Those ayat that talk about a jihad. Not fasad, jihad. And as we mentioned many times, and we have to keep mentioning it, we don't apologize about our religion. When people are practicing the religion correctly and understanding the religion correctly, from alif to ya, we sign up for all of that. Let the people call us what they want to call us. Let the Muslims call you what they want to call you. Let the non-Muslims call you what they want to call you. If you're practicing Islam correctly, not according to warped interpretations as the Muslims have warped interpretations, 
But we don't apologize the way the Prophet brought this religion, sallallahu alayhi wa So some people will look at the Messenger of Allah. They will even look at their own prophets and messengers because of their warped understanding of their religion. And they have negative opinions about their own prophets and messengers. What do you think is going to be the case with Rasulullah Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa So I say, without biting my tongue and apologizing, the religion that Prophet Muhammad brought, sallallahu alayhi wa any man, any woman, black, white, rich, Arab, whatever. If you're practicing that way, then that's the correct Islam. Hate it who hate it, love it who love it. So in this ayat, Allah threatened the believers, if you don't, if you apostate, Allah will bring a group of people. Get rid of you, bring another group of people, and they'll worship Allah. They'll do the things that they were told to do. Another ayat. And usually these ayats are connected to jihad. If you people don't go out to wage the correct jihad at the correct time, with the correct people, with the correct ahkam and adab, if you choose not to do that, then Allah will change you and He'll bring another group of people and that wouldn't harm Him one bit. That's another one of those mini ayat that show no matter what the condition of the Muslims are, they are not practicing, they are not stepping up, taking care of the responsibility, or they're the minority and around them and enemies of Islam, all around, there will always be a group of Muslims from this ummah doing the right thing. The whole ummah will never, ever, ever be in a condition where People don't know what Al-Islam is until Yawmul Qiyamah. And we'll come to that insha'Allah ta'ala. Until Yawmul Qiyamah. وَإِن تَتَوَلَّوْا يَسْتَبْدِلْ قَوْمٍ غَيْرَكُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَكُونُ أَمْثَالَكُمْ Another ayat. If you people turn around, if you turn around and you reject this religion and what Allah is saying, then Allah changes for people who are other than you. And again, as he mentioned, he, they won't be like you. So this hadith that we're dealing with goes to show the perpetual haq of al-Islam. It's not going to stop. This hadith and other hadith. Verily, there will be a group of people who will carry this religion in every era. That's what the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There will be a group of people, meaning scholars and people like that. They are responsible for preserving this religion in every era. They'll refute the people who go extreme. They'll refute the people who are ignorant. They'll explain and they'll deal with the issues of the people on the scene who are trying to give a false interpretation of the religion of Al-Islam. This is what is from the benefits of this hadith. It shows that the future is Islam and the Islam is for the future and vice versa. Also the hadith, la tazadu ta'ifa, that word ta'ifa is from those words in Arabic that you should comprehend. Ta'ifa is like a jama'ah, like a jama'ah, ahl sunnah ahl sunnati wal jama'ah. A ta'ifa is a group, as I mentioned. They call this hadith, at ta'ifa al-mansura. At-ta'ifa al-mansura. Ta'ifa, it means a group, a group. So the hadith said there will not cease to be a group. We understand from that, there are going to be many groups. But there will be one group that's doing the correct thing. 
but there will be many groups. And I say to you right here, it's not permissible for us to be with any of these groups that the Muslims have made for themselves. Even the group of people called Salafis who made this sheikh responsible for everything. There's an innovation that has been introduced into the religion. We are supposed to be Ibadullah, Mu'mineen, Muslimin, people who are hope, holding on to the Kitab and the Sunnah and understanding them the way that those companions did. May Allah be pleased with them. As for I'm with this group and the Sheikh is over me, everybody who agrees with me and the Sheikh, you're okay. And if you don't agree with the Sheikh, then you're not. Your Sheikh and you are all on innovations. That's an innovation. It's not permissible for the Muslims to be in any group. If you want to take one of the four madhahib, four madhabs, no problem. You could take that madhab, but don't have wala and bara and love and hate based upon that madhab, based upon this masjid or that masjid. So the ta'ifa, it can be one person, it could be two people, or it can be three or more. All of that, the karima ta'ifa, it goes on it. Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اقْتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا If two groups of people from the believers fight, then the rest of you get involved and stop and make peace. You have to make islah. So the word طَائِفَ here, it can mean if two individuals are fighting, then you have to get involved. So that word can be used. Two people from this side, two people from this side, you can use the word ta'ifa. Three people, three people, you can use the word. Uh, tribe here and the tribe there, you can use the word. So the Prophet mentioned sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the ta'ifa, there will always be a group of people which goes to show again that there are going to be many groups. This is one of the things that has happened and will continue to happen to our ummah. And this ummah is going to split up into different groups. 73 groups, he said, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Actually, it's more than 73 groups amongst the Muslims. But if you were to put them all together, some of those groups still come under one umbrella. We're divided inside of divisions, inside of divisions. And then the people who want to address the issue of Palestine, for an example, we address the issue as if we're not looking at the condition of our ummah, the ability of our ummah. Just a bunch of kalam, there's a place and a time for kalam, like on the minbar, on the dars, you give tawjihat and nasiha that people need to hear. But just being emotional all the time, in a condition, and you don't understand what's going on with the Muslims, always the extremes. The one extreme is the one who looks and he says that the glass is half empty. The Muslims are destroyed. That's it. He only criticizes the Muslims. That's it. What Palestinians are not doing, that's right. That's all he ever says. They're losing their lives. Children are dying. All he can say is, yeah, but look at their connection to uh, Hezbollah. And that's all you see? Because that is a part of it and that's real. But that's all you see? And then the other extreme, the other extreme is the one who gets on the minbar and tells the people, let's go protest and march and go and kill and fight people to change the condition. Kill and fight people? No, let's pray Salatul Fajr first. Let's pray Salatul Fajr, ourselves and the people connected to us. What are you talking about? You don't know the condition of our ummah? 
So as it relates to this word, there will always be a group. It's your job, it's my job, responsibility to try to be with that group, with those group of people. In terms of that understanding, we'll explain, inshallah, what that group looks like, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. As it relates to the characteristic, as we mentioned, of the group, that is the one that's doing what the Prophet is doing and his companions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, radiyallahu anhum ajma'een, as we mentioned last week. But this hadith shows us that the group, the safe sect, it's not because I said save sec or you say save sec and this one said and that one said and we run around and walk around I'm from the save sec no I like the rhetorical question about the Yahud especially Alam tara have you not seen those people who go around praising themselves the Jews and the Christians saying that they are Allah's beloved sons. Allah loves them, doesn't love anybody else. They're the people of the Jannah and no one else. Have you not seen those people who do that? Allah said, no. Allah gives tazkiyah to who He wants. He sent another ayat of the Quran, tazakun fusakum. Don't praise yourselves. Allah knows best who really has taqwa. We have husnadhan and think people are doing the right thing. But nobody can sit here and say, Wallahi, I know for sure. The brother's in paradise, he's in paradise, I'm in paradise. Nobody can say that. So as it relates to the Ta'if al-Mansura, has some characteristics that come to us from the Ahadith. From those characteristics is, the Ta'if al-Mansura, as this Hadith said is, Qa'imatun bi amrillah. It is taking care of Allah's religion, the Amr of Allah. Wallahi, Hezbollahi cannot be the Ta'if of Mansura. It's not even possible that the Ta'if of Mansura are going to be a group of people who are cursing the companions of the Prophet. So if I, Abu Usama Dhahabi, I want to get help. To solve my problem because my enemies are getting me or something is happening. If I go to get Hezbollah to help me and to assist me in that, then there are things in the religion that tell me I'm made a bad decision. That I could be destroyed. I could be destroyed as a result of being around people like that. Abdullah bin Abbas would be asked a simple question about Hajj. And that question was, which Hajj is the best? He said the best Hajj is a Tamattur. Will you make Hajj and Umrah? They said, but that wasn't the opinion of Abu Bakr and Umar. They said something else. Abdullah bin Abbas said, I tell you that Prophet Muhammad said something and you tell me Abu Bakr and Umar? I'm telling you Rasulullah said something, hadith. And you're telling me, but Abu Bakr and Umar said? He said, I'm going to get out of here. I'm leaving this place because I'm afraid that Allah is going to send rocks down from the sky and destroy you people. What about the person? That's because he felt you can't be around people who, if you tell them the ayat, you tell them the hadith, they say, nah, I don't want that. Somebody else said. And Imam Abu Hanifa didn't say that. What are you talking about? You get destroyed for that. So he didn't want to be around with those people. What about the person you think would have been Abdullah bin Abbas's position, his mawqif, 
from a person who is cursing Abu Bakr Umar, Uthman, and Umar and, and, and Aisha. He's going to sit down and have dinner with them. going to have dinner with them. He's going to say, I'm getting out of here. So, the Ta'ifa and Mansura, it is not the one who's just saying that. No, it has to be a person who is Qa'imatun bi amrillah. He's taking care of the religion. So now, in this masjid, this masjid is Alul Hadith. Inshallah, Alul Hadith are from the group of the people who they say is the Ta'ifa and Mansura. But what if the person who comes to the Alul Hadith masjid, he's doing magic, he doesn't pray, she doesn't wear hijab, they don't know anything about the religion, you just say they're Ta'ifa and Mansura because they were born to parents who went to a masjid or were born in a village of Alul Hadith? No, it's not like that. It's about practicing. They are the people who are fighting upon the truth, the other hadith said. They will be fighting upon the truth. So if you look in the internet and you put in Arabic, the hadith ta'if mansura, you'll find people coming from Daesh, ISIS. And the guy is explaining. They're from the ta'if mansura. So some young kid, some young brother or sister, they get motivated by that kalam and they say, I'm going to the Ta'if of Mansura in Syria. No, that's not the meaning of Ta'if al Mansura. One of the conditions or one of the signs of Yom Al-Qiyamah is that things will be called by other than their names. This is what people will start to do. So instead of people calling it riba, because everybody knows riba is haram, by the Quran and the Sunnah, they'll call it prophet. Thinking by changing the name, you change the ruling or the reality. Khamar, Khamar, Sharab. They'll call it spirits. By drinking it, by selling it, by using it, the same evil is going to happen. Changing the name doesn't have anything to do with the price of peanuts. People say that I'm Sunni, I'm Ahlus Sunnah. He's Ahlus Sunnah. But he's the first one who has jidal, mujadila. When the ayats come to him about Allah's names and characteristics, he's the first one to start arguing about that. He's the first one to make a jidal. He's not doing what the people of the sunnah is supposed to do and so forth and so on. So the point here in the shahid here is what's in a name? Call yourself what you want to call yourself. How many people do we know call themselves things but has nothing to do with the reality? So the ta'if al-mansura are the people, no matter what color they are, no matter how much money they have, they don't have, it's the people, men and women, who are practicing the religion. What religion? What was revealed to the Prophet wasallam, And what he came with and showed to the companions. Last week I didn't mention, but I take this opportunity to mention it. One of the reasons why the companions are the explanation of the signposts, the Qur'an and the Sunnah, is because, again, simply put, the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet wasallam, and it came down addressing their issues. They were the ones who things were happening to them, and those ayats would come down. And those companions as well, may Allah be pleased with all of them, they were very careful about doing things. Things they wanted to do, sometimes they wouldn't do it because they were afraid something from the Qur'an would be revealed about them. And when the Prophet died, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then obviously that's not going to happen anymore. So that's from the main reasons why, again, 
we look back at them as the example for how to understand this religion. So back to say it one more time, inshallah. A person screaming, I'm sedefi, I'm sedefi. And you're just going around, but you're a Hizbi person. You're just with a group. You're not really practicing sedefiya. Sedefiya is not everything Sheikh Rabi says. It's not sedefiya. Sedefiya is not you making wala and bara against the Muslims based upon what masjid you go to. It's not sedefiya. A sedefiya is understanding the Quran, the Sunnah, the way the companions did, may Allah be pleased with them, and not being with any hizb, any group, from these political groups or other than that. Because these groups do nothing but they divide us. Go to any country you want to go to, go to any masjid, any city you want to go to, these different groups that the Muslims have made for themselves, they divided the Muslims and they prevent us from uniting against a common enemy for a common cause. We can't do it. It's going to be our condition. The group that you have to be from, you have to be with, I have to be from, I have to be with, is the safe sect. But again, what safe sect? The one that's doing the right thing. Now I want to make this clear. Does that mean that we should walk around saying, I don't know if I'm from the safe sect? No. You have to say, inshallah, you're from the safe sect. I'm a believer, inshallah. I got to add on inshallah because I don't know. Am I a believer with Allah? You don't know if you're a believer with Allah. But what are you going to say? I don't know if I'm a believer. What are you, a kafir or something? No, I'm a believer, inshallah. You got to add that, inshallah. So we're from the safe sect, inshallah. We're trying. But Allah alam, Allah knows best. Are we measuring up? Or are we not measuring up? So that's the hadith. Now the question is, who are these people? Who are they? This tazkiyah that I was mentioning, we have to understand that Allah gives the tazkiyah, and there are two types of tazkiyah. The tazkiyah that is general, and the one that is specific. The general tazkiyah is that Allah loves the believers. Whoever's a believer, Allah loves them. That's general. Allah loves those who have a taqwa. Allah loves those who pray. Allah loves those who fast, those who make hajj. Allah loves those who have sabr. So that's general. Anyone who makes hajj, fast, the month of Ramadan, other than that. Anyone who has bitter wadi ding, things like that. Allah praised those people. But He didn't praise you specifically. So if you're a person who prays, don't walk around and say, Allah loves me. No, inshallah, Allah loves you, but you don't know. That's a general tazkiyah. And then there's the specific tazkiyah. Allah has given specific tazkiyahs to individuals. Like in the Quran, the prophets and the messengers, Allah praised all of them. So they're all in Jannah and they're the best human beings. Because Allah specifically said them by names. Those righteous people of the Quran, like the young boys in Surah Al-Kaf, like Luqman, like Khidr, like Asi and other people of the Quran. Those are specific people that Allah Ta'ala praised them. The companions of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said Abu Bakr is in Jannah. Umar is in Jannah. Uthman is in Jannah. Ali is in Jannah. So those ten people promised Al-Jannah. Allah specifically praised them. He praised Khadija. All of the wives of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
He praised all of them. He said in the Quran, Radiallahu anhum wa radu'an. Allah is pleased with all of them. So as it relates to the Ta'ifa Mansura, the safe sect. The safe sect is a general tazkiyah. You have to try to be with that group, but you can't walk around saying, Wallahi, I'm in that group. Say inshallah. But we don't doubt our religion. It's something we understand, we try to do. But the point is to be careful of being those people who have al-ghurur and you walk around and you exist as if you are Allah's gift to Bani Adam. So who are the safe sect? The scholars of Islam didn't leave the question unturned. Al-Imam Ahmed said, if the Ta'if al-Mansura is not Ahlul Hadith, فَأَنَا لَسْتُ أَدْرِي مَنْ هُمْ He said, I don't know who they are. If the Ta'ifa al-Mansura are not the people of the Hadith, and as we mentioned many times, Al-Imam Ahmed used to say that Alul Hadith are the people who work by the Hadith. They work by and with the Hadith. I'm from Ahlul Hadith, but I'm racist. I'm from Alul Hadith. I'm racist. I'm not going to let my daughter marry anybody except her cousin. Another man can come, but from another village. From a, I know, but I'm, I'm screaming, Alul Hadith, you're Alul Hadith, you're, but you're not practicing those Hadith that make racism impermissible. That's the point. It's only the Nabi of Islam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the people said that he said, say that I believe in Allah and then be upright. He said it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he practiced it. We, on the other hand, we say, but we fall short of the mark. May Allah Azza wa make us of people who help each other, inshallah, to be complete. Al-Imam Ali al-Madini, he was a contemporary with Al-Imam Ahmed. He said they're Ahlul Hadith. Which Ahlul Hadith? Ahlul Hadith from Kashmir, Mirpur, from Kutli, from, from, from Lahore. No, not talking about that. The Jam'iyya Ahlul Hadith. Not talking about that. Talking about Ahlul Hadith from the time of the companions all the way up into this time. May Allah be pleased with them. The Hadith comes whether you understand it or you don't. It goes against you or it's for you. It goes against your madhab, your imam. The important thing is what the messenger said, you give it the program. That's Alul Hadith. Not the Jam'iyyah Alul Hadith. And we're different from Brawis and Diobandis and five or six, seven Masail. And even in those Masail, we may not even be different because we mixed up coming together, you know, growing up, and we don't really know. No, not talking about Jam'iyyah Alul Hadith. I want you people to understand that very clearly. And Imam al-Bukhari said that the Ta'if al-Mansura, they are the people of knowledge. They are the people of knowledge. And that's true, clearly. And in no conflict or contradiction in all of these different statements, they all are supporting one another. Group of young people sit together and they come up with really large, big fatawa about life and death about blood and money, who's a Muslim, who's not a Muslim, and there are no people of knowledge with them. You can't be from the Ta'if al-Mansura and expect that scholars are not from the Ta'if al-Mansura. And then look, 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 some of our Shabab have this understanding that the scholars are the ones who are in prison. Anyone who was in prison is a sign that he's a good scholar, and that's not true. 
Where did you get that from? Where did that principle come from? Is that an ayat of the Quran? Is that a hadith? It's possible that a scholar can be in prison. And it's possible that scholars are in prison. I don't doubt that. But this thing that our shabab have is, every time a person goes to prison, it's because he's a scholar. No, he went to prison because he was negligent. And he went to prison because he shouldn't have said what he said. And he went to prison because he was too emotional. And he went to prison because, you know, scholars and having scholarship doesn't put you in prison. They don't go hand in hand. Abu Huraira, the companion of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, doing the fitna of Yazid, he used to tell the people, when he would give a class to the people, I know some hadith, I know some hadith. If I were to tell you these hadith, this knowledge, then they would chop my head off. He didn't say who would chop their head, he said they would chop my head off. He was clearly referring to the leader, Yazid, who would deal with you. So he didn't tell the people about those hadith. And not a single person said, Abu Huraira is not a scholar. Abu Huraira is a scholar for dollars. Abu Huraira, he doesn't speak the truth, especially in the fitna. He has to have self-preservation to help the people. If the scholar goes to prison, if the scholar is dead, if he dies, then the people are going to be in a bad condition. So having knowledge, having knowledge, that's just what it is. It'll help to preserve your life and other people's life. The man who came and he told the people, I want to make Toba. I killed 99 people. Can I make Toba? They say, yeah, you can make Toba. Go over there and ask that man over there. Ask him. He's the most religious, righteous, Zahid. He went, can I make Toba? I killed 99 people. The ignorant man said, you can't make Toba. How you think you're going to make Toba? You killed 99 people? The man made him 100. Killed them. No knowledge. And he had knowledge, he would have said, this man has killed 99 people. And he's asking me, can he make, man, you can make Toba all day long. Even if I didn't think that, I'm going to say that so I can go back home to my wife and my children. He came back and said, okay, I told you people, I want to make Toba. They sent him to the scholar after that. The scholar said, yeah, you can make Toba. And what's going to come between you and Toba? What will stop you from making Toba? Just leave these people that you're with in this place and go to the place to worship Allah. Be with the religious people. That's from the benefit of knowledge. But the reason why I'm using it is to show you, get that out of your head. The scholar is the one who's locked up. He could be locked up, but we found that a lot of the youngsters who are saying that they are an Amman, there are consistent patterns with the people who they are saying are the scholars who are not scholars. Some of them have knowledge, some of them don't. But scholars? No. The Ta'if al-Mansura is going to have ulama. It's not possible for you and me to think that we're from the Ta'if al-Mansura that doesn't have any scholars. We're just walking around. We're walking around expelling people from Islam and the Sunnah and our desires, and we swear we're the Ta'if al-Mansura. No, the way you're acting is a sign and indication that you're on the opposite of the way of the Ta'if al-Mansura. Because they are on the Amrullah with the Haq, with the truth. So they're all of those people. So listen, some of the people of the opinion that the Ta'if al-Mansura is the one that's in Palestine in a sham. So you find that these days, especially with the fitna with Palestine, a lot of people are using this hadith and some of the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Some are not authentic. Some are to say, look, 
the Taif of Mansura is in Palestine right now. It could be that there are some people from the Taif of Mansura, but the Palestinians as a group of people are not the Taif of Mansura. Saudi Arabians as a group of people, not the Taif of Mansura. Well, what is that? The Taif of Mansura can be from the UK, they can be from the Sudan, they could be from Asham, they could be from Yemen, they can be from Pakistan, they can be from Cameroon, wherever. They're not for a specific place or a specific time. Because some people understood that this hadith is talking about the Sabunu Maryam. Because when the Prophet talked about the Taif and Mansura, he was talking about Isabunu Maryam. And the people who were with Isabunu Maryam, they're the saved sect during that time. They're the ones who are going to be the minority. They're the ones who are going to fight and kill the Dajjal. They're the ones who are going to be with Isabunu Maryam during that time when all of the people are against Al Islam. They're going to deal with Yatjuj and Matjuj when they come. They're going to be there at that time and run away from Yatjuj and Matjuj and make hijrah until Allah Azza deals with them. But they are the Qa'if and Mansura, the safe sect, during that time. Because some of the hadith, they said, they will not cease to be a group of people from the safe sect. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, who are they? He said, they're in Bayt al-Maqdis. They're in Bayt al-Maqdis in the quarters surrounding the Masjid al-Aqsa. That's at Isa's time. But they're here right now. You can be from them. You should try to be from them. I should try to be from them. And so forth and so on. Which brings us to the second hadith, inshallah, because it elaborates as well and sheds light on who the Ta'ifa and Mansura are, who they are. And that comes to us from the hadith of Sahl ibn Sa'd. May Allah be pleased with him. Prophet Muhammad mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before I forget, the end of the hadith said that the saved sect will be victorious until Allah brings about his affair. Some of the scholars said that the meaning of that is Yomul Qiyamah. But a stronger meaning, it seems, when the believers run away from Ya'juj and Ma'juj, and then Allah sends the birds down, and He deals with them and He destroys Ya'juj and Ma'juj, there's going to be a stench on the earth from their bodies and their corpse. And then Allah will send the rain down to the earth and cleanse the earth and wipe them away. And then everything is going to grow big and in opulence. And then there's going to be a wind that's going to blow. They said this is what this hadith is talking about. And Allah knows best. This time, that time, the important thing is to be with the people who are the saved sect because of their characteristics. And the hadith of Sahl ibn Sa'd the Nabi mentions sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna l-islam bada'a gariba wa sayyaudu gariba kama bada'a fatuba lil-ghuraba verily al-islam start, started as a stranger started as something strange and the religion of islam is going to return like a stranger so tuba for the tr- strangers tuba for to the strangers. And this is from the proofs that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a Nabi. 
dalail and nabuwa from the proofs that he's from a he's a nabi is all of the things that he told us what was going to happen in the future he sallallahu alaihi wasallam during this time of palestine the imam should teach the people that our ummah we have a book and a nabi who came to us sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the quran gives us bushra that be patient you're going to get tried you're going to get tried with your wealth your family loss of life be patient those of you who are patient you're going to win out in the last part you're going to get tamkeen that's what the quran said you're going to get the khilafa so the quran said the hadith said that So at times like this the good imam the good khatib the good teacher is the one who reminds the community correctly about the issues not just one issue he's all emotional all emotional and all we're going to talk about is jihad and what he's saying may be true but it ain't in his right place no jihad for a group of people don't make salatul fajr there's no jihad for a group of, it's like ramadan There's no Ramadan for the one who doesn't pray. Wallahi, there's no Ramadan. If he fasts the whole month of Ramadan, it doesn't count. Stone in his face because he doesn't pray. So I get in front of the people excited and I talk about jihad, jihad, about Palestine, and I know the ummah doesn't pray. And I'm not putting anybody down. Look at my kids. Look at my family. And you look at your kids, your family and yourself. And then we're going to come to the community? No. So we tell the people different aspects like the prophet used to do sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This ummah has been promised the khilafa tamkeen, but it comes with tests, trials. So he sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the beginning of Islam was building the masjid sallallahu alaihi wasallam. and our companions couldn't get a rock out of the ground they say ya rasulullah we can't get the rock out of the ground he went himself sallallahu alaihi wasallam as an example and he took the axe what he had and he hit it he said allahu akbar and he hit it and sparks came out and he kept hitting and sparks came out he said to the companions you people are going to come in control of the treasures of rome and persia when those sparks were coming out Not a single companion said, "How do you know that, Ya Rasulullah? Ya Rasulullah, that's not in the Quran. Ya Rasulullah, what how how are we going to beat them? How are we going to overtake Europe? How?" They didn't say that. So how could he tell them that in the beginning when he got kicked out of his own city of Mecca? He was that weak. But he said this is what's going to happen in the future. And Al-Islam hit the shores of Europe. How did he know that? He knew that because he's divinely inspired by Allah Azza This hadith is one of those hadith that Islam began as a stranger and it's going to return as a stranger. What is this stranger? Something that is weird to the people. People are not used to it. When the prophet came and he started calling the people to tawhid, for an example, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the people said, "Ajal al-alihata ilahin wahida." Inna hadha lashayun ujab. Has he made our gods into one god? This is a strange thing. Gharib, ajib. You want us to worship one one ilah? 
What about all of these other guys, 300-something guys that we have? What? And they couldn't give it to program. They could not get their heads around that. They believed in Allah. They believed in Allah. But they didn't believe in worshiping Allah alone. It was strange. They heard the Prophet ﷺ and he put Bilal ibn Rabah as the Mu'adhin. And doing the prayer, before the prayer, Bilal would go down the line and push and pull people to get in the line. And Umar would go down the other line and push and pull people to get in the line. Not a single rich Arab, not a single person said to Bilal, Hey, don't touch me with your black hands. This was something that was strange. Something that was strange. That slaves have rights. Slaves have rights. Women, they can inherit. It was strange. The rules that Islam brought. And these people here, subhanAllah, after the companions made all of those efforts and established this religion during the lifetime of those companions, Ridwanullah, these people come now and they're living in Jahiliyyah and then they start saying aspects of our religion are backwards and we want to apologize and feel bad about that. No, it was strange. And it's going to return strange, meaning now, now. If you come into this religion right now and you are practicing Islam correctly, one of our shabab here comes up, grows up in a family that's liberal. They're not practicing. He or she gets the religion, the sunnah, not that cultural Islam, that sunnah Islam. And they're learning everything about their religion. And they start doing things based upon knowledge. The mother and the father and the relatives are the first people to say, what are you doing? You're being too rough. You're being too strange. You're a Wahhabi. You're this. You're that. Your family is the first person to have a problem with you because what you're doing is weird. It's weird. They're going to look at you as being weird. Leaving your beard. That's weird. That's just an example. Islam is weird to the Muslims today. So what do you think about non-Muslims? What do you think about non-Muslims? You can barely get a non-Muslim who knows about Al-Islam based upon just mixing with the Muslims. Because the Muslims, we're giving people different understandings and interpretations. One guy meets the non-Muslim Qadiani. Non-Muslim, Qadiani. He meets the non-Muslim, he tells him, well, we have a Nabi, he's Mirza, Ghulam, Ahmed, he's after Muhammad, and we don't do this, and we don't do that, and we don't do this, so they give him that position. The next guy, he comes, and he said, well, we beat ourselves up and make blood come all out of the place, and we worship Fatima and all that. But he says, oh, that's what you do. And then the next guy, he comes, and he says, well, I sit in the dark, and I shake my head, and I make the dhikr of Allah, I become one with Allah, he becomes one with me, and I'm one with the pig and the dog, all simultaneously, and if you do that, well, what kind of Islam is that? That's three types of Islam. And then the Salafi people, they have the extreme ones over here. They have those over What is the Islam? What is the Islam? That's the meaning of this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Al-Islam began as something strange and it's going to return as something strange. So Tuba for the strangers, the Ghuraba. Tuba in this hadith is talking about the Jannah itself, all of the Jannah. Or it's talking about what the Prophet said in authentic hadith, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said in the Jannah, he said there is a tree in the Jannah. And that tree is called Tuba. 
Tuba. That if a person were to start from the trunk of the tree and he was to ride the fastest animal, the barak or whatever, goes at the speed of light, you ride something fast, you won't get out of the shade of Tuba for 500 years. So in the Jannah is what no eyes have ever seen, no ears have ever heard, and not been contemplated by any human being. So these Ghuraba are the people of the Firqat al-Najya. Has three different narrations for this, descriptions. And this one it says that Islam became strange, going to turn, come back as a stranger. So Jannah for the strangers. Who are the strangers, Ya Rasulullah? Group of companions said. Who are the Ghuraba? He said, Unas Qalilun Salihun. They are people who are the minority, but they're religious. They're not the majority. It's not a lot of them. They're the minority, but they're religious. Those who disobey them and don't listen to them are more than those who listen to them and obey them. Like the previous hadith, the Ta'ifa al-Mansura, the safe sex, not a lot of people. And the Quraba, not a lot of people. The hadith also said, when he asked them, who are the Ya Rasulullah? They are those people who rectify things that the people messed up. So they make Islah. And that's what the Shaykh Ali al-Halabi, Rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, brought. And he chapter, he called the chapter, those people who rectify. That's what he called this chapter using this hadith. They're those people who rectify what the people messed up. So, look at the strangeness. The people of Al-Ghuraba, if you're in their masjid, it would be strange for the one who doesn't know about Al-Islam because due to the fiqh of Islam, you see them doing things. For an example... The Imam is praying, and he's walking in, and he says, Allahu Akbar, before he gets to the Saf, and he's walking like that. People who don't read will say, this is strange. What are you doing? Now, someone still may have some ikhtilaf and say, I don't agree. We're not talking about him. But that action of his... If he's in the masjid of the ghuraba, when a person sees it, he says, this is the masjid of people who do things right, the right way. So if I don't know it, I won't oppose it just because I don't know it. I'm going to ask about it. But they say in Arabic, the one who's ignorant about something, he takes it and he has animosity. If you don't know about something, you don't want it. You become an enemy to it because you don't know about it. So in the strangeness, a person makes wudu, and he only makes wudu one time. That's it. A person who sees that, he says, oh, that's strange. The imam gets on the member and he reads Surah Qaf for Juma, and that's it. People are going to say, oh, that's strange. What is that? Now, I don't think people should do that. He's making salat. And in the salah, instead of saying salamu alaykum, he says, assalamu alaykum, that's it. People say, oh, that's strange. But when you're in the masjid of the ghuraba, people who are learning the real Islam, the person won't freak out as a result of seeing something.
Because that's how the masjid is. The masjid is built on doing things the right way. Now, 11 o'clock, we're going to pray Salat al-Isha, 11 o'clock. That's what I say, man, we're going to combine these prayers at this time of the year because it's just too late and difficult. Person who does it, they say, what are you talking about combine the prayers? And granted, there's room to agree and disagree. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is being an individual who's not freaked out when you hear or see something that you're not used to. No. It's a lot of things that we don't know about in the religion. A lot of things we thought it was this way, and it's not really that way. But through learning and exposing yourselves and being upon the right way, being upon the right way, it makes things easier. So the last part of that hadith, the other one the Prophet said about them, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam, they are a group of people who, again, they're the minority. Those people who disobey them are more than those people who listen to them. So that's a sign and indication, again, that Islam doesn't pay attention to numbers all the time. That's not always. If you were to follow the majority of the people on the earth, they'll send you astray. And most of the people, most of the people are not thankful to Allah. And most of the people, they make shirk with Allah. For every 1,000 people Allah created, 999 on the hellfire, one is in Jannah, right? So all of those are examples of how Islam looked down and unfavorably to the majority. But that's not al-itlaq all the time. The people of the Sunnah, the Quraba, the Firqan al-Najiyah, they used to say amongst themselves from the many things, our day is the day of the janazah. When you see the people of the sunnah die, you see how people come, how they behave, their numbers and so forth and so on. So that big number of people was something they used to praise, something that they used to like. And Imam al-Uzai used to say, rahmatullahi alayhi, hey, people of the sunnah, ahl sunnah you ghuraba, people want to be easy and gentle with each other. Don't be rough and tough with each other because you're a few from amongst the many. And then the person going to claim he's from the Firqat al-Najiyah and his religion is dividing people even more necessarily for the new asul that people introduced into the religion? No. No. Okay, Ikhwani, if you brothers have any questions, inshallah, we're going to stop right there. If you brothers have any questions, you can put your question forward now. Alindakum Shaykh. هذا وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على النبينا وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.